Welcome to Book Nook. This is Ron Kincherf with Muddy River News. The Book Nook is brought to you by the Quincy Public Library. Check out all the activities at quincylibrary.org, including their new band book club, which starts later in October. Today's guest is Casey Rogers. She's the daughter of a minister. She spent a lot of her youth on the road traveling with her father, and at the age of 18, she decided to move out, and she pursued her love of theater, but she was unable to make a living acting, and after she got married, she started working in advertising in Manhattan, but in her spare time, she was workshopping a musical called The Incredible Murder of Michael Malloy, and never quite made it to being produced for a number of reasons, and then she and her husband decided to collaborate on some projects together, but then at the age of 42, she had a set of twins. And after a run as a coffee shop owner in Canada, and as the twins grew older, she started to write. Then her husband passed away from an illness, and Casey slowly regrouped with the help of some friends, and her passion for writing was reignited. She wrote a few forced stories, and then she had a memoir called Our Better Selves, which examined her experiences in a verbally and financially abusive marriage. And it tackles the question of why women stay in such relationships. But what we're going to talk about today is Roger's release of her first novel, and she's done this at the age of 66. So after all you've done, your life experiences, why at the age of 66 did you decide to write your first novel? It seems like a very appropriate thing to do. Um, I have always been interested in writing for you know, like my entire life pretty much. Uh, when I was a kid, my brother and I used to write episodes of Hogan's Heroes, um, and it just seemed like the perfect timing to do something that was different. I am not the type of person that likes to stick with one genre or one type of project, and I wanted an opportunity to say a lot of things with a character that was complex and interesting, but also grew up in a time period that kind of assumed that we would be moving forward in terms of some of the things that are near and dear to my heart, um, mainly things like women's rights and People don't realize the connection between 1974, which is when the story took place, and many of the things that are happening today. Um, you know, a disgraced ex-president, um, gas prices, inflation, um, instability, war protests. There are a lot of correlations between um, my story and what was happening back in 1974. And I was like, what better way to kind of explore these topics than in a fictional setting? Yeah, your story, so though, I went for it. Yeah, your story though, is not political at all. I mean, you, you mentioned those things, but you did, it's not overly political. You kind of sewed those under the storylines that you had within the novel. Yes, which was what my intention was, because I think if I made it, a very, very overt political statement, I don't think I would have a lot of readers. Um, what I was trying to do was to use a lot of intertextual references to make 
commentary so that if you're paying attention, there are a lot of political statements in my book, but they're just not overt. Um, you know, so, well, yeah. Well, what surprised me is this is your first novel, and as I read it, I was stunned to a degree by the, how complex it was, and you mentioned that earlier. That, I think, for your first novel, I would have thought you wanted to keep it simple, but you did nothing like that at all. Why would I want to do that? Why would I want to keep anything simple? Well, nothing in your life, nothing in your life has been simple to this point, so I guess I should have known that. But it, you know, that I, I mean, you, um, there's a lot of threads going on in here. So I found that very interesting, and each thread was different in that, I mean, you tackled, you know, family and sexual abuse, discrimination, um, uh, the main character's fight for her own independence, you know, a failed marriage, and uh, I think the cool thing that you're able to accomplish is that it wasn't overt, it didn't slap you in the face as you read it, and you were able to tie it all together within this novel. And that was... You just basically said what my intention was through the entire work. And, again, there's a lot of subtle things in there. Um, I, When I was in college and getting my degree in writing, one of the things that fascinated me um, was works that basically use intertextual like writings, and what I mean by that <clears throat> is that they would reference other works that would explore the message further. So, for an example, <clears throat> I, I used the work of uh, The Golden Notebook by Doris Lessing, and, you know, this is a Pulitzer Prize winning writer. She um, has a very, very interesting career, who knows who she is these days, but we're all in high school um, reading, you know, Mark Twain, and, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of taught to read from a certain lens and a lens in literature, and so I wanted to explore the writings of somebody that may not be as well-known like to the public, but has so much to say about the world and about, um, you know, so many different topics. She's like an extraordinary writer. So I tried to use things like that. I tried to use Italian operas or operas. Yeah. Because if you look into the different operas and what opera is about, opera, when you think of opera, it's, it's basically you know, drama and tragedy. But opera has a very long history of, you know, trying to represent a sense of realism in life as well, you know, depending on what opera you're talking about. So the operas that I chose and that, you know, the passages that are repeated in there are subtle messages that I'm hoping the reader will pick up on and maybe explore outside of the color of frost. Um, same thing with cactus flowers. What's cactus flower about? It's about a young woman that tries to commit suicide when she finds her husband is cheating on her. 
you know, so there's all sorts of like subtle things in there um, that I just had a blast kind of like thinking about and, and trying to weave into the story. Yeah, um, I think another yeah. I think another one of the subtle things is you almost make the house that this takes place in a character in the book. It is. It is. It it is a character in the book. And, you know, and throughout the entire thing again, her moving from the first floor to the third floor and all the things that those entail. Her life on the first floor was very mundane. She had become a very you know, like uh in a comfortable routine. Um, you know, she thought her life was perfect. And then suddenly, bam, um, things happen. And she's challenged by moving to the third floor, but it's only that move that moves her character to discover all of these things about both herself and other people within the building. Because if, you know, she had been living there for years and she didn't even know, you know, the tenants who mm -hmm. were living in the same building. So, and speaking, yes. And speaking of the tenants, and I think this is a really strong point you make, again, without being overt about it, is your family isn't necessarily blood. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. That's, that's, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm still getting over COVID. Um. Yes, it's not necessarily about blood, and I wanted to make a strong statement about community and the strength of community, because I think a lot of what's going on today is that there, there, it's it's very hard to have a sense of community without really putting yourself out there. It's not like it was. For an example, when I was a kid, that we all knew our neighbors, we all hung out together, um, we all participated in doing things that strengthened um, our ties, and that doesn't seem to happen the same way that it used to happen. And I was really in this book illustrating that the main character's strength doesn't only come from within herself, but those people on the outside that she reaches out to and that she tries to help also strengthen her. Well, they, gives, yeah. Sorry, I cut you off, but I, they're the ones who brought the strength out of her because in the beginning, again, it's you know somewhat like your memoir, um, that you wrote, you're, you're yelling at the character as you, yeah. during the beginning of the book, and again, you know, she, she is, she gets divorced early on in the book and really struggles with that because she had thought she had the perfect marriage and it was far from it, but, um, so she felt awful about herself. And I think one of the themes too is, and I'm, I'm babbling here, but people that are in an abusive relationship and really don't know it, and then they need other people to help them pull them out of that situation by proving that they can be strong. Right, exactly. And you just brought up, like, the correlation between the two, and those are things that I discovered in my own life, that if I had known some of the things um, that would ha have helped me when I first lost my husband in real life, instead, I, I was completely isolated. I, I just, what you know, because I was living in the town 
where my husband grew up and everybody knew him. And it was very difficult for me to constantly be reminded of so many of the things that were both right and wrong in our relationship. Well, you lost your, you almost lost your husband. You lost your husband twice because you lost him in your relationship. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. then he passed away, and you right. became a became a widow. So I think right. that that's where you're alluding to, correct? Yes, exactly. But also the fact that, unlike my character in The Color of Frost, I had no support system. I lived in the town where he grew up for somewhere in the neighborhood of four years before I actually made a friend and did anything social. I was a completely different person than I am right now during that period because I just was so fragile that it was very difficult for me to socialize. And I think that's one of the things that I wanted to address in The Color of Frost was the whole sense of community and how important it is to get out there and, you know, be with other people because that's what gives you the opportunity to see yourself beyond yourself. We all have these impressions of who we are, but sometimes when somebody glimpses us from the outside and they see a different person, it gives us strength to have a different vision of who we are. And I think that's one of the things that I was trying to address with my main character in The Color of Frost. It's almost a rebirth. And I asked you, the first question is why it's 66, and you're writing your first novel. But it's almost like you've been reborn, too, um, just like the character in Color of Frost. Yes. And, you know, again, it's like I really couldn't focus on writing prior to this time in my life um, as a single mother I have been very much focused on trying to raise my children and just frankly working and surviving because I was left with virtually nothing when my husband passed away except for extensive medical bills And it took me a long time to crawl out of that place. So the luxury of sitting down and writing about something really only came to me, I hate to say it, but it's absolutely true, is because we had a pandemic and I couldn't do very much. And now my life um, is structured very differently instead of working three or four jobs, you know, um, I have a little bit more freedom with my time, and I could take the time to explore writing um, a novel um, where I, I just didn't have that opportunity before. And I got you know, one last question, then I'll let you go, is uh, there's definitely a theme of food throughout the book. Yeah, I can't quite get away from food. (laughs) But food, like, the thing I love about writing about food and talking about food is that food is universal. And food is something that we all need to 
nourish our bodies, of course, but also food nourishes our spirits and our sense of community. And especially when we're sitting down and we're breaking bread together and we're sharing what we have. And as you, you know, read in the novel, there are many times that the main character is expressing her her love and commitment to the others around her by sharing what she has. She might not have much, but she's sharing it. Thanks for joining us for Book Nook, brought to you by the Quincy Public Library, and special thanks to our guest, Casey Rogers. You can find her books, Our Better Selves, The Memoir, and The Color of Frost at her website, caseyrogers.com, and that's Casey with a K. This, again, has been brought to you by the Quincy Public Library. Check out all the fun activities at quincylibrary.org, including their new band book club. Thanks for joining us, and we'll catch you next time.